As we continue to worship our King together this morning, before we share the Lord's Supper together as the people of God, I would like you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 6 and verses 30 through 35. That will be the text that we will focus on and look at this morning. Well, obviously, this is the first Sunday of a new year. And as I share with you every year at this time, I personally like a new year. I think our God is so gracious, so merciful, so kind that he constantly gives us new beginnings. It's not just about second chances. It's about third chances and fourth chances and fifth chances. And as we contemplate a new year ahead of us, I want you to think about a statement. And I want it to be your meditation when you go to communion. And that statement is this. Jesus wants you to want him. Jesus wants you to want him. Jesus wants you to want him not because of what you think you can get from him. Jesus wants you to want him not because you feel it's your Christian obligation and duty, but Jesus wants you to want him because he wants to be the absolute joy and delight of your soul. This morning we are going to look at the statement, I am the bread of life that Jesus makes. In 2009, I did a series of sermons on the seven great I am statements of Jesus, where Jesus in those statements declares himself to be the great I am. I am who I am, the ever-existent eternal God who appeared to Moses in the burning bush in Genesis, excuse me, Exodus chapter 3. And we're going to look at one of those great I am statements again this morning. I am. I am the bread of life. Now the context for John 6 is very important to what I'm going to share with you this morning. Because Jesus has just fed the 5,000. And the multitudes are clamoring for him and they're following him, but not because they want him but because they want a miracle, because they want something from him. They want bread or they want something else. Now that they've seen him feed the 5,000, what else can he do for them? In fact, if you look in John 6 and you look at verses 26 and 27, we read, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me. Not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. And that brings us to the passage that we're going to look at this morning, and that is John six thirty through 35 And we read, So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? 
Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, 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 I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Well, our first point this morning is the importance of bread. Bread has played a vital role in the diet of mankind throughout history. Bread has been one of the main staples of the human diet throughout mankind's history. Now, in a Western American culture like we live in, Bread isn't nearly as important because we just have so much food. So much food. But not so in many parts of the world today. And especially as we look back throughout history. Bread. Thick. Whole grain. Multi-grain bread. That has been baked in the past and still is around the world was a meal in itself. It was part of the most important nutrient that you would eat. In fact, I read that in many ages, it was bread, it was whole grain, multi-grain bread that kept people from certain diseases. When the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, God gave them bread to eat. Manna would come down from heaven and it would lay on the ground. And they would go out and collect it. And they would go out and collect just enough that day for their family and just enough for that particular day except the day before the Sabbath and then they would collect for two days. In Numbers chapter 11 and verses 7 through 9 we read, The manna was like coriander seed and looked like resin. The people went around gathering it and then ground it in a hand mill or crushed it in a mortar. They cooked it in a pot or made it into cakes and it tasted like something made with olive oil. When the dew settled on the camp at night, the manna also came down. Bread is very important to the history of Israel. As we read in both the Old and New Testaments and is even true among Hasidic and Orthodox Jews, even to today, if you invited someone to your home, they would call it the breaking of bread. It would be table fellowship. You would come together. You would break bread together. You would have fellowship together. You would have conversation together around bread. And we see in the Old and New Testaments that when strangers or visitors would come to someone, they would immediately break bread, or excuse me, bake bread for them because that was considered what a gracious host or hostess would do is you would break bread for them because there weren't hotels, there weren't places they could stay, so they often stayed in people's home and you welcomed guests unexpectedly. In Genesis chapter 18, Abraham is visited 
by three amazing heavenly visitors. And he recognizes that these are special visitors. And immediately he goes to his tent and he says to Sarah, let us break bread. Let us bake bread for them. In Genesis chapter 19, two of those visitors, two angels go down to Sodom and Gomorrah. And they are going to spend the night in the square, in the village square, but Lot pleads with them to come into his home. And so they agree to do so. And the first thing that Lot does is he has bread baked for them. When Jesus is fighting the temptations of Satan in the wilderness, the analogy he uses is what? It is that of bread. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And when he institutes the conversion from Passover to the Lord's Supper for the New Testament church, this great institution, this great ordinance of the Lord's Supper that we constantly, regularly celebrate together. What does he say? Every time you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you remember the Lord's death until he comes. Well, our second point this morning is the bread of life. The crowd that gathered around Jesus was looking for temporary gratification. Again, in verses 30 and 31. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate man in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. What sign do you do, Jesus, that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? In other words, they're saying, Jesus, do a miracle. Do another miracle for us. Can you, can you do something as great as Moses did? And we have to be careful. As Christians, as those of the new covenant, why do we come to Jesus Do we think if we serve Jesus and worship Jesus, then he owes us? We'll get something from him in return? Let me ask you a delicate question. I ask this to all of you and to myself. Why are you here this morning? Are you here because you want Jesus? Are you here because you want to worship among the redeemed of the Lord and just seek him? Or or are you here because you feel like if you come to church on a regular basis, it's what you're supposed to do, it's your duty, it's your obligation. And if you keep coming on a regular basis, then God better do some good things for me. I better get something in return for all these Sundays that I come to church. Why are we here? Do we come because we want him and nothing else? Well, Jesus then takes the crowd from their self-centered focus to a whole new level of truth. Jesus is going to take them where they've never been before. Look at verses 32 and 33. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. 
but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. He says to these predominantly Jewish people, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. It was God who gave you that bread. When when our people wandered those 40 years in the wilderness, it was God who gave them the bread. But my father, my father is going to give you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God. The bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And I want you to see what is happening here. Jesus is shifting them from their stomachs to their souls. Jesus is shifting them from what they think they want to what they really need. And that is so important as we read scripture. It's not about what I want. It's what I really need. What my soul really needs. Well, at this point in his discourse, Jesus declares himself to be the bread of life. In verses 34 and 35, excuse me, they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. They said, oh, if this bread comes down from heaven and gives life to the world, give us this bread, Jesus. Give us this always. And then Jesus declares to them that great statement, that powerful statement, I am the bread of life. Don't miss it, as I mentioned earlier. He is declaring himself to be the I am. I am who I am, God said to Moses in the burning bush, and Jesus is placing himself in that great context of all of Scripture. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Now, Jesus is clearly talking about the salvation of the human soul. He is talking about my salvation. He is talking about your salvation. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst, he is saying, come to me as Messiah. Come to me as Savior and Lord. And just to support this, I want you to drop down in this chapter and look at verses 47 through 51. I want you to notice how the bread of life is directly connected to the salvation of your soul. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Now watch this. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is 
my flesh. I am your salvation. The salvation of God is the bread of life. And he invites us to partake of that great bread. But not only is he our salvation. But he is the satisfaction of our soul. He is the joy. He is the delight. He is the treasure that our soul so longs for. Because the bread of life is loaded with eternal nutrition. The bread of life is loaded with eternal nutrition. Let me say again to all of us. Jesus wants you to want him. Not for what you can get from him. Not because it's your Christian duty and obligation. He just wants you to want him. Jesus, the bread of life, is God's answer to man's greatest enemy, and that is death itself. By eating of the bread of life, we overcome the grave. Jesus, the bread of life, is God's answer to man's spiritual hunger. Jesus, the bread of life, is man's answer. Or excuse me. Jesus, the bread of life, is God's answer to our spiritual hunger. Jesus, the bread of life, is the answer to our spiritual hungering and our spiritual thirst. That emptiness in your soul, those longings that gnaw at you, can only, can only find their fulfillment and satisfaction in Jesus and in him alone. Do you want the bread of life? Do you want him? A new year is upon us. 2019. As you look back at 2018, Maybe for some of you it was a year of blessing. Maybe for some of you it was a year of struggle. A year of hardship. Maybe even a year of suffering. Oh, God wants you to want him this year. As we partake of the bread and the cup, I want you to determine in your hearts that you are going to pursue, that you are going to long for the bread of life in 2019. At this time, we are going to share the Lord's Supper together.